relationships I go through And I gave it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages Welcome back to Just Another White Guys Podcast I'm Dustin Jones Live in living color On the internet That you can't see But I'm colorful I can tell you that much We're here in the great state of Oregon Live on location in my mom's tastefully decorated living room. I'm with my cousin, Skylar Rancleave. Skylar, welcome to the show. Hello, how you doing? How's it going? Good. I've wanted to have you on pretty much since I got this started. <laughs> it seems like uh, I had to drive all the way out here to make this happen, but yeah, you're hard to... Now, don't get all... We've, <laughs> we've talked for the last four hours, and you've been super animated. Don't get all I like... What is there to talk about now? There's all kinds of stuff to talk about. This is like the pre-interview. We can talk about all the stuff we already talked about. True, true. So how's things? Things are going well. Got a got a baby on the way. Like literally, like almost like we could get a call anytime. True, yeah, which is a reminder that I should probably have my phone out. Yeah, let's let's make sure that's out and ready to go. Yeah. That'd be a good breaking a breaking news uh, portion of the, the podcast would be, hey, I got to go. But then we could do the pre pre-fatherhood and post-fatherhood because you know just i'll show up and live i'll just bring the little recorder into the the uh the labor delivery room and just we can get live you'd probably get a lot of me crying live post reaction are you gonna cry uncontrollable crying are you gonna cry i think that runs pretty well in our family a lot of the males cry a lot what i've never cried today right (laughs) just today (laughs) probably because i haven't seen any commercials with dogs or cute children or anything uh, sarah mclaughlin singing the tears away that i don't think that song gets to me quite like that well when you couple it with dying dogs right i don't like to think about dying dogs i don't either it bums me out yeah all right let's move on are we gonna cry we're gonna cry in the first few minutes already i didn't know that you do you cry pretty easy i can when it comes to certain things my wife and i talked about this in the mornings like if i see some inspirational video you know like those things they have on, you always see in your Facebook feed. Right. I'll be like, damn, that's sad. Or it's like, I'm really happy for him. And it's, you just start tearing up a little bit. But Ta- it's in the morning for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. My wife showed me one that really got to me the other day. It was um, a lady was at an animal hospital with her pot belly pig who had to have like surgery. And the surgery had made the pig go blind, but it saved its life. And the animal hospital was really noisy, and the the potbelly pig was really scared. So she would hold the potbelly pig, and the pig would nuzzle into her neck, oh God. and she would sing to him. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I get emotional just thinking about it. But, like, it was the sweetest thing. She's just, like, and the yeah. p- little pig, it's like, why did they have to do this to us? It's too easy. That's like the... Connor's cure video. Yes. With the yeah. wrestlers. Oh yeah. man, I'm freaking fountain on that it's one. Too much. Like those my wishes on Sports Center, those get me too. Yeah. It's like poor little kids. Like they don't deserve to have this stupid crap happen to them and Yeah. And all the times I think, man, I wish that would happen to me. Yeah, you want a life threatening illness so you can have yeah, a really cool wish. I need to have something cool happen to me, I guess. Oh well. Uh so we're we're cousins. But we weren't super close when we were kids. Nope. 
my dad was kind of the black sheep of the family, which made me kind of the black sheep of the cousins. And so you mostly just spent time with your mom, right? Yes. And so you you and Hans are half-brothers, right? Half-brothers. He was the so. first grandkid, so that's why you guys know him a little better than me. I was just kind of the second. Set the tone for all the rest <laughs> of us. Right. So, yeah, you guys got to spend a little more time with him. And was it your dad just kind of just didn't come around that much, right? No, he didn't come around. And then my mom and the family didn't necessarily see eye to eye. But I think it's all, you know, right. second wife, new family member BS. God, Everyone so loves each other now. So stupid. Yeah. So, because I, I just, I remember a few holidays where you were around, yeah. but not a lot. And it's mostly just I remember the pictures. I, or I've seen the pictures, so it kind of triggers, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. But yeah. I don't really remember any of that stuff anyway. Yeah. But, so when when did you start spending more time with the family? Um, Actually, right around the time I got married. Andrew, uh, our cousin Andrew, he uh, always kept in touch with me. Yeah. I think Andrew's really good about that stuff with family and stuff. Um, and then I mentioned I was getting married and then started seeing Andrew's mom, Bonnie, a little more often and then Rocky, your mom, you know, and just, uh, and then when I came around the time I was getting married, that's when everyone started kind of hanging out more. Yeah. You know, the, the, you mean the super, the super popular Roxanne star of many episodes of just another white guys podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very who so. <laughs> feels that everything she says is terrible. <laughs> It's like, come on, let's just have some fun. Yeah. We did. We it got a little depressing last time she was on, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> and what have you and Hans always been close, or did you guys have times where you were more close and le- than than not? So with Hans, uh, we did not grow up together at all, which is surprising to most people. Yeah, we're very alike. We have the same interests. We're in a band together. Right. Um. So when I turned 15, 16, um, he uh, was like, hey, you know, I'm going to this concert. You know, you want to go with? And I was like, oh, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's Warp Tour. And I was like, oh, I love, you know, those bands, you know, punk rock bands. And he didn't really know that I liked punk rock bands, and he liked them. And then we went to that when I was 16. He was like 23, 24, I think. And uh, ever since then, you know, just been like hanging out. Being bros, you know. That's awesome. And it's weird how you can ha- be so similar in the things, that, and but not have any, you know, no previous, like, real time spent together. And that it just one day it just clicks in. Yeah. So that's, and the weird thing is our connection is music, which is weird because our dad is not musical. And, I mean, his mom, his mom liked to sing. And my mom played a few instruments, like, in band in high school. But that's about it. So it's kind of weird that we have that connection. So let's talk about your band. How did you guys have the coolest band name ever? All right. What is your band's name? Oh, uh, we are called Some Bitch. And where did that come from? So I'm probably the worst person to ask this. Okay. Because the band has actually been around for about 13, 14 years. Okay. And I've been in it for the last five, six years maybe. Um, basically, Eric, our bass player, and my brother Hans, the guitar player, singer, they both sing. Um, both have a love of old 60s, 70s country music. David Allen Coe, Merle Haggard, um, you know, George Jones, those kind of guys. And uh, 
and we also like being smart asses. And so they were like, oh, you know, we should start a country band um, where we sing really dirty songs because uh, David Allen Coe has a an album that's like an X-rated album. Some of it's racist, but we don't do that stuff. Most of it's just uh, dirty sex joke type stuff. Right. And so we kind of based – or they – sorry, they kind of based uh, – the songs we cover and the songs that we uh, do our our own, make up ourselves, um, on kind of that dirty humor. So every song is pretty much about sex, drugs, or the devil. All things that are very important. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you've been doing that for like five years. What instrument do you play? Uh, in that band, I play banjo and mandolin. That's awesome. I'm. It, it sucks because every time I come to visit, I, you guys are never playing. Yeah. One of these days, one of these days, I will see a show. We are probably one of the laziest bands. <laughs> we we don't act like okay. So I'm the youngest guy in the band, and I'm 32. Right. Everyone else is 40 plus. So we're an old man band now. Right. So we don't actively go out and look for shows unless it's something in particular. We pretty much just wait to get asked, and we play pretty steadily. We have fun. We have a little bit of a fan base. Nothing too crazy. You know what's interesting is that there was a there was a gal that was on G- that won on Jeopardy that was from Corvallis, and I started following her, and I asked her if she knew you who you guys. With Twitter. Oh yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> Otherwise, it's creepy. Yes, I follow her on Twitter. <laughs> no, I fly out here regularly to to follow her, and she had posted something about. Uh, open mic or bands or something playing in Corvallis. I was like, oh yeah, my cousin's playing a band, and uh, they're they're called Some Bitch. And she knew who, who knew who you guys were, so that that was pretty that was exciting for me. Yeah, my my wife, uh, she works at a high school. We'll put it that way, and uh, she saw some kid who had these jean pants on. And it had all these different bands on it, like you know, No Effects and Bad Religion, and then on there was. Some bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she just was like, oh, no. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you some stories about that band? I could tell you. Terrifying. You want to hear how the uh, mandolin and banjo player cries at inspirational videos <laughs> in the morning, yeah, but only in the morning? I'm in a tough country, man. I can't I can't ruin that image, right? Sorry, we, we ruined the bit. You blew it all right off the top. It's uh, it's like that um, the thing that uh, Brad Pitt says in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Where uh, Matt Damon goes, are you crazy or just suicidal? And he goes, only in the morning. Oh, man. That speaks to me. Yeah. It's right It's right in, right in your wheelhouse. Speaking of things in your wheelhouse, you're also some uh, a nerd to the level of which I only dream of being able to achieve. You're, you're fully immersed in, in the nerd culture. Um, which now is much cooler than it used to be. Yeah. It, when you were when you were a kid growing up, if you kind of advertised that you're into comic books and stuff, that was a good way to get beat up. Yeah. But now it's now it's mainstream and like hips. What is now hipsterish is more kind yeah. of what nerdish used to be. Mm-hmm. And so, how how have you seen that change? So it's kind of funny because I I was always into it, and then I hit around high school and I kind of backed off from it because you know chicks man right chicks uh, chicks don't chicks uh, don't dig the kid that has the x-men comic in his locker yeah right and so uh one of the things that i've always liked is uh you know the movie mall rats yep 
there's a line in there that I love to death, and it's uh, what you think just because a guy reads comic books, comic books, he can't kick a bunch of ass or something like that. Right. So I always thought like, well, yeah, I can still be badass and love comics. There's nothing wrong with that. So I've kind of held on to that. So, but I just love the fact that it's so mainstream now because now we get these awesome movies. Yeah, absolutely. That I've dreamt of having, the, and that, that they're treating seriously. Like it's not just yeah, we're gonna put this out. Maybe it'll make some money. Maybe it won't. These are the comic book movies are now like the centerpieces of these studios for them to make their huge money each summer. And you know, we live in a world now where. We are what four months away from a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, and we're ridiculous. Also, and we're seven yeah. and we're seven months away from Batman versus Superman yeah. being on screen punching each other in the face. Yeah, it's it's a weird and yet awesome world to mm-hmm. to live in right now. Um, there was something else I was gonna say, and now I can't remember what it was. I hate it when that happens. Well, going back to the Batman versus Superman thing. You know how crazy it was, what, six years ago? I Am Legend? Yes. You remember that little bit they had in yep. the, with the opening marquee in the futuristic world? Where, yep. Oh, there's a Batman versus Superman. Like It's like, oh, yeah, that could be a possibility. For sure. And then it is. Yeah, I had... I have on my old, old laptop that I got when I was in college, so that would have been 2005, the wallpaper from that, because I still use that occasionally because it has an old um um audio editing software on it that i like to use that i can't get off of it and i'm not willing to spend four hundred dollars to buy a new uh, adobe audition but when you open that up it has a really old merged batman superman logo on it Mm -hmm. which i think was probably inspired from when it was on that that billboard and i am legend so something that i've I can't actually believe that we're getting this movie. Yeah. And did you read that uh, they did a screening like last week of a mostly finished cut of the movie and it got like a standing ovation? From the WB executives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. that. That's usually promising. And WB executives are so excited about Ben Affleck as Batman that they're kind of shifting the focus to maybe more focusing on Batman and yeah. Affleck's going to get probably at least Iron Man of he's the, gonna get like three standalone batman movies now yeah they're i think they're trying to make him the iron man of the dc universe so i, I this is this is a two-part question how did you feel about the announcement of ben affleck as batman when it was first announced <laughs> so so kind of going back to kevin smith there's this funny bit he does on one of his you know talking to audiences whatever you call it um He's, he has this funny bit about how Affleck can play anybody. He can play Absolutely. a shark and Jaws, as yep. he puts it. So uh, but my wife and I have a running joke whenever we see Affleck. And I'm like, well, he can play the fucking shark and, jar- shark and Jaws. Of course, you know, he's playing this part. That's literally what we said when he, you know, I, I've heard Affleck. And I'm like, yep, yep, that makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people like to freak out about, you know, who they wanted to play Batman and versus that. You know, I, I try to keep it open to you know after the movie comes out you know because i remember when i heard that heath ledger was playing joker i was one of those people like that's fucking stupid right that makes no sense and then obviously way wrong and then he absolutely crushed it and and completely shifted the way that that people looked at that character exactly so you weren't you weren't on the i can't believe they're giving this role to to affleck nah i'm never like that anymore since the whole ledger thing do you do you worry about 
do you at all worry about how close it is in proximity to what everyone thought was the ultimate Batman and Christian Bale now that we're we're getting a whole new thing? No, because so it's what been ten years since the first Batman movie yep. or Dark Knight. So I I try to think of the comic movies as comic books, right? Where artists change and writers change regularly. Directors and actors are writers and artists. That's yep. pretty much the way you got to look at it to get over it. Because I kind of get it. People are hardcore about this particular way of things being done. But, I mean, in comics, it's changing constantly. So I just kind of put it in that mind frame. And I also try to think of it as its own universe or own storyline. It doesn't really necessarily have to have anything to do with the previous ones. But don't you think – And it, it had Twitter been and social media been prevalent when they announced Christian Bale would be the new Batman, that there would have been a big segment of like, fuck, this is terrible. Why would you ever do that? That You can't possibly – he can never live up to the greatness that was Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is the greatest Batman of all time. Fuck Val Kilmer. Fuck George Clinton. You know. Yeah. So, George bat nipples. Come on, put <laughs> nipples on. Self said he ruined that franchise, so you got to give him some credit. I well, guess. what can you say? Chris O'Donnell hasn't said shit. Does Chris O'Donnell even do anything anymore? I don't know. He's from Oregon, though. Is he? Yeah. Fucking. Of, of course he is. <laughs> the one. Okay, so let's talk about the last Batman movie that came out. Okay. What did you think of that movie? I really liked it. My only problem with it was the whole Robin thing. Right. Like, he's the new Batman is kind of the way they left it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. It felt like they were just teasing me for another movie, and then they're not going to make that movie. Right. That's what I was going to say. Did Is there any part of you that is was like, wouldn't it, maybe it would be interesting to see what Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have done with that? To, to you know to make a movie I, w- I was hoping that he wasn't necessary my take on it was that he wasn't necessarily going to be the next Batman that he was going to go straight into being Nightwing and then we'd have sweet ass Nightwing movies which which is who the original Robin becomes right he gets older yeah see this is this we need we need to have like a uh, an explanation podcast where you just come on and be like Commentary okay this is <laughs> this is what happens so here's if you don't understand any of this, this is what this guy means. Because I, I am the first to admit I love nerdy things, but I'm nowhere close to like I. I wouldn't call myself a nerd. My wife calls me a nerd, but yeah. I know I'm like fringy, like kind of could be. Yeah, I just don't do, like go far enough into it. Mostly because I also, you know, I'm a nerd about hockey. Yeah. And I love pro wrestling and I love, you know, I love all these other things too. And so I kind of dip my toe in a bunch of nerdy pools. Yeah. Which, and so the person that I go to when I have questions is you. And I was like, uh, when they first showed Thanos, yeah. um, in one of the, uh, post credit scenes for which movie was it? It's probably their first Avengers. Was it the first Avengers? Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? Explain to me why this this matters. How do you think that Marvel has done so far with their phases and the build to a lot? Because there's a lot of people that talk about they're not they're the bad guys are not strong enough. Yeah. One interesting theory that I read is that, and it goes back to what you said about thinking of the movies as comic books. Mm-hmm. That this is one giant story arc. Yeah. That yeah. all of these movies are basically you're getting a two hour comic book. Mm-hmm. on screen 
Yeah. That's building to the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. And that's why. Because if you go back and you watch like sun, Saturday morning cartoons, there was a lot of times there would be a big bad that would send out his minions, minions yeah. to Engineer. to go and to try to take them out. And they yeah. would ultimately fail. And it would be, oh, you failed me again. I'll have to do it myself. Yeah. And it was always building to that. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it kind of feels like that's what they're doing. Yeah. Do you, what do you think about that? Um, I like it as long as the movies d- do it right. Like the second Avengers movie, to me, that was just one big teaser. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was as good as the first one or a little bit less. I'm kind of on the fence with it. It, it. it was a good movie. I was entertained by it. But when it ended, all, all I wanted was more. I was just like, well, you need to explain more of this. We need to move on. And that's what the Infinity Wars are going to be on about. But then, uh, you know, as long as you got movies like Ant-Man when it came out, like that was a good movie on its own. And it also helped put the story forward as well. So, I mean, I think they're going about it great in some aspects. And in other aspects, it just kind of irritates me because I'm just like, well, they didn't really – I know they're going on to a bigger story, but they still didn't quite finish this one. Right. And it seems that – because if you look at what's going on right now with Fantastic Four, and it basically seems like the studio took that movie away from Josh Trank, it seems like Joss Whedon had a three-hour Avengers movie that he put together – that sounds like it was awesome mm-hmm. that he had to cut about 40 minutes out of. Yeah. So apparently the, th- the whole Thor storyline was supposed to be a lot bigger. When they went to that um, level or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it was – he had to kind of cut and take different stuff out. So do you, do you worry that – I've always been in the camp that Kevin Feige is kind of the final say. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have one guy's vision, yeah. ultimately, which is why, to go back to wrestling, Vince McMahon is the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have input, but at the end of the day, he's the guy that's making the call. Right. Marvel Studios is basically the same way. Lots of people have input, but at the end of the day, Kevin Feige is going to make the call. Yeah. So when you are a creative person and you build this story and you shoot this movie... Then you have a guy that comes in and says, I like this, 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 and this, but I need you to cut out 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's got to be hard as a storyteller to then tell your story with, you know, 20% less of what you shot. Yeah, that's – it's it depends because we don't – because some of the other movies that are great, you know, we don't necessarily hear what they had to take out. And that probably was a good thing possibly or it could have made the movie better. We don't know. With the second Avengers movie, from what I read, uh, Whedon was just sick and tired of doing it, from what it sounded like. Yeah. And uh, he had to fight to keep certain things in. Like, the thing I didn't like that they kept in was Hawkeye having a family. Right. Like, I, I didn't like that. Like, you know, that didn't make any sense to me when you compare it to the books, really. Yeah, why do we need the Hawkeye family and not the Thor storyline that is seemingly more important to what's going forward? For some reason, it was important to him to make Hawkeye more human, even though he's the most human character on the team. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was, but for me, it wasn't. It was unnecessary. Another thought that I had about the second Avengers movie was that it seemed that they had. They took a conscious approach to 
avoid what happened in Man of Steel where some people accused Man of Steel of kind of being like disaster porn where there was just willy-nilly blowing shit up people were dying buildings are crashing mm-hmm. and stuff like that now in hindsight looking back we see that there's going to be a reason that all that happened and all that stuff is a trigger point for yeah what's coming up in mm-hmm. the next movie but it seemed like they made a conscious effort in avengers 2 that no no one dies yeah and or at least they don't talk well they, yeah they don't talk about it they allude to the event in the other right. shows like Agents of Shield and Daredevil, but they never really go into like anybody dying specifically, which, you know, I don't know why they didn't jump on that in the sense of like people jumping on it and saying, oh, all these people died, disaster porn, disaster porn. But they did that with the DC one, which I don't get because it was just as much damage between them. And I don't know if that's like Marvel's media people controlling it somehow or what, but I, I don't understand why one got more than the other. Yeah. And it, and it almost seemed like they made it a point, like, we're going to – this whole, like, chunk of this city or oh, whatever yeah, city, yeah, is going right. to raise up in the air. But not a single person is going to fall and die. And they're all being we're rescued gonna, by gonna, S.H.I.E.L.D. They're all going to – literally a boat <laughs> is going to come and save these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the old G.I. Joe episodes. You know, when a Cobra ship got shot out of the air, they always parachute down because no one ever right. died no in one, G.I. Joe. No one ever dies. That's why nobody fucking won. So – to go back to, to we we left the Ben Affleck subject. Oh yeah, before I we're just I am ADD jumping, when it comes to just stuff jumping. Yeah. Are you from what you saw in the trailer uh-huh. versus just the speculation? What do you think of him from what you've seen so far? I think it looks cool. Um, he looked. I mean. It's Ben Affleck. He's just one of the... It's like Tom Cruise, you know? It's just... That's who it is. Sometimes it's hard to put them in that character because you know who they are because they're so damn famous. So that's the tough part. That's why it's kind of nice to get somewhat unknowns in the parts like Marvel does. Right. Because you can believe that character a little more. So it's a little tough in that sense. But the way it looks with Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder visually has always been awesome. Um, He doesn't have a super... He has a few movies that suck balls... Um, that look amazing. Um, so he's kind of a, you know, he can be a here and there director. But for the most part, his movies always look amazing. So, I mean, Batman looks cool because it's closer to the Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Um, and uh, the Batmobile uh, looked a little too military to me. Guns. Batman doesn't really use guns, but maybe there's something else going on that I don't know about. So, I mean, you know, visually it looks cool. But, I mean... There were guns on, there were guns on the tumbler. There were guns on the tumbler, and, and when they were, well, now I can't remember. Was it what were they used for? Well, because I'm now I'm thinking back used, to the original '89 Batman, Michael Keaton. He had guns on his, but it was to shoot out a wall for him to drive through. Right, and I think specifically what I'm thinking right now is so in, um, in the Dark Knight, um. They do the thing where the tumbler gets blown up. Like he does the thing where he, sh- they're down in, they're down underneath the city. Joker's mm-hmm. in the semi. He's gonna shoot the rocket propelled grenade oh, at yeah. the the carrier that has um, Harvey Dent in it. Mm-hmm. And Batman does a super thing where he pushes a button and 
miraculously it has so much power that the Batmobile can get up in the air to, you know, intercept the RPG, which basically <laughs> catastrophically damages. It's a good thing I watched this movie two weeks right? ago. Catastrophically damages the Batmobile, and then he ejects it, and it you know pops out, and he can he's a, now as the Bat Cycle, oh, the Bat Pod, as they right? Call it. Yeah. So. Which had he, guns on it, yeah. That's yeah, he right. has the guns because when he goes, he's driving through that mall or whatever. He shoots the windows so that he can drive through, which is really the only time that those guns get used. Yeah, and that could be their excuse. Who knows? But the thing with the new Batmobile is that it's prevalent. Like there is motherfucking guns on this thing, right? You know, so that's why. And that, but that's Zack Snyder. He's like over the top, you know. So I mean, who knows what they're actually going to be used for? I'm sure, you know. He's not going to be shooting up criminals on the street and that kind of thing. But it's still cool looking. It's just, you know, not my Batmobile. So, and it also seems like we're, we got a little, there's a little touch of origin story in that trailer for yeah. Batman. I, I believe they're going to glance over it from what I've read. If they give us. Not even necessary. If, but if, if they give us like a, a two minute or three minute flashback, fine. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I can live with that. It seems it seems like it was a pretty big actor to have. Um, is that Harry Dean Stanton or whatever that guy's name is, as as his dad, as Thomas Wayne? Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton, the guy from. Who was the guy in? Um, it was the same guy that's in um, the other Zack Snyder movie that is comic books. Um, Watchmen. Yeah, and who did he play in Watchmen? The guy you're thinking of. The oh. comedian? Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't that Harry Dean Stanton? No, Harry Dean Stanton is like this old guy. Um, uh, now I can't think of his name. Um, so he looks what? like Javier Bardem. And I right, right, right. And he's the dad on Supernatural. I know who you're talking Dean about. And Washburn is... Uh, where the hell is it? This will all be edited later. We'll just <laughs> figure it out because this is what... Continue to this. Come on, IMDb. Don't mess with me like that. Eh. So it's Jeffrey Dean's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean, Dean Stanton. Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so what that, was the question? <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan was Thomas Wayne. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's well, th- that. At least that's the way. Well, they showed it in the trailer. Oh, okay. I didn't catch it. So I've watched this trailer like 40 times probably. Yeah. So it seems like that's a pretty big actor to have for a three-minute flashback. That makes sense, but he's also the type of actor that takes TV roles, too. So maybe it's just like, hey, I just want to be in a Batman movie. Or he was like, Zach was like, hey, can you come do this for me? You owe me a favor. I put you in The Watchmen. Right. Let's do this. And that just might be it, because some directors just like to use their actors in any kind of role, and those actors are cool with that. You know what this movie's not going to have? Hot Malin Ackerman with no clothes on. That's true. Oh, that movie's great. I don't care what anybody says. I saw that like I saw that movie midnight the night it came out and I'm not yeah, a huge I I like Why? Well, I, yeah. I don't even I didn't even know really what the Watchmen what was. was. Yeah. And I was like, this movie looks awesome. I need to see it immediately. Yeah. By about 2:30 in the morning though. It's a little baby necking cuz yeah. <laughs> But hey, Hot Malin Ackerman. Yeah. Um that that's one of my favorite books. And Blue Wiener. Yeah. I mean, you can't have Blue Dong. Yeah. The Blue Dong. Yeah. And if you guys are, yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, go watch The Watchmen. It's pretty good. And read the book. It or the graphic novel. It's really good. It's 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 a tough one. 
because there's so many levels of it. Like you go into a book and then there's a book in the story that you start reading in the book. Like it's levels of it that are insane. That why that's why that movie was so hard to direct. That's why I give Snack Snyder props on that one because that's a hard one. The only thing I didn't, the, I didn't like the ending was different from the original book. It's similar but different, but it made more sense because if you would have done the ending in the book, people would have been like, "This is nuts." I don't even know why I stayed for this. So we know we're getting origins of some kind, at least touched upon in in yeah. the, the movie. Why is it? Do you? Why do they always have to go back to origin stories? I, like I, we somehow don't know. Yeah, I think they just, like, oh, you know, people got to know where this came from. Like, I don't think they trust in the uh, fan base and what they know. But is it – are are they more worried about the casual fan that needs Probably. to have it explained to them that like a million times? Lazy. I mean, it's like we all know the story. This is a quick way to get – Quick a way to fill in some time. I mean, I mean, you know, that's possible. I mean, that's why – I mean, Spider-Man – how many times do we have to see the original story on that one? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of wish they just would have used Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I had for no the problem reboot. with Andrew Garfield. A lot of people hate that statement, but he wasn't that bad. He, uh, he, I felt like he had Peter Parker down in the sense of being a smart ass because that's what he does in the books. He's a smart ass when he fights, and that's he had that down pretty good in that. And isn't in the books? Isn't like they're like a Mexican kid that's Spider Man now? Uh, so, here we go. Nerd alert. So, in Marvel Comics, there is the 616 universe, which is the one we're all familiar with. Right. W- w- comic book-wise. And then there's the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Universe is like a new reimagining of those characters. So, in the Ultimate Universe, there's a character called Miles Morales who comes Spider-Man. I haven't read those stories. I just know the gist of that. Um, so, he's like Puerto Rican and black. And so that's that's the Spider-Man that's really popular right now too. Don't you think it's now would have been a good time to go in that direction? Maybe not use Peter Parker. Maybe go Miles I Morales. I don't see why they couldn't. Because when uh, same thing with Nick Fury. Nick Fury was a white guy originally. Um, in the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. he was a black man, and he was actually the artist uh, referenced him as Sam Jackson. Like he looks like Sam Jackson in the original books. Five six years later. Sam Jackson is Nick Fury in the movies. So they've taken elements from the Ultimate Universe and from the 616 and merged them before. Don't see why they couldn't do it now. So it's like, do we, I mean, do we need another white kid as a superhero? Like, how many how many more white superheroes do we need? Yeah, especially especially in a time when when Hollywood or any, they're always looking for a crossover. Like, we want crossover appeal. Why not have a superhero that has some sort of ethnicity yeah. or something that's going to draw from a different fan base or something that gives a kid that's, you know, yeah. not white someone to look, oh, hey, that guy looks like me. Maybe, you know, that that's something that I can relate to. Yeah, and I wish they would have done that more with the Avengers. Like, they brought in Falcon, black dude. In fact, I think he was either him or Luke Cage, which is another character of Sharon Andrews, a black character. Right. Um were the first um, black characters to have their own book, and that was like in the 70s. It was either Falcon or Luke Cage, one or the other. So they introduced him, and they got the Luke Cage show coming, which is nice, but still not main character. Um, yeah, it's not like they're making a Luke Cage movie that they're going to get behind. They're, it's going yeah. up on Netflix. Now, they are doing Netflix really well. Yeah. Daredevil crushed. Yeah, it was amazing. That show is so good. Yeah. So we have to hope that 
the next ones that are coming mm-hmm. along are as good. And the so kind of going back to comic books, in the comic books there's a series called Marvel Knights, and it's mainly the characters are like Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Punisher, Blade, those kind of characters. And in those comic books, they're more of a darker tone, a little more adult. And I think that's what they're doing with the Netflix stuff. That's kind of becoming their Marvel Knights. So that's why Daredevil is a little darker yeah. than the movies, obviously. And so in the next season, they're introducing the Punisher, which makes sense because you can't really. Thomas Jane was a great Punisher, but it was still bubblegummy. Right. The movie. And then if anybody's seen the Warzone Punisher with um, Ray Stevenson, uh-huh. that was the best Punisher I've ever seen. And that movie had problems with the between Marvel and their director. So that's why people aren't as uh, – not wanting to go out as much to check that one out because it hasn't been as praised. But. Speaking of, of dark characters and, and movies that people didn't think would ever get made, what would you think of the Deadpool trailer? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a Fox Marvel jam, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I love that they went R-rated because it's an R-rated book. I mean, it's blood, guts, and and dirty jokes. Ryan Reynolds just seems tremendous for that. Yeah, role. well, he's a fan, and that's why it's nice. Um, he uh, he's been talking about doing it for a long time. He's portrayed the character already, technically, in the worst Wolverine movie ever. That well, movie, the worst Marvel movie. That movie is just god awful. I'm a very big Wolverine fan, and that movie. Um, Although, can we say now. that it's the worst Marvel movie ever now? Mm. Most disappointing Marvel movie, let's put it that way. I because think Electra or Daredevil is probably the worst Marvel movie. But those, right. then again, those are Fox. Right. Fox, technically. Marvel Studios, in general, I don't think they have a crap one yet. And that's... I, I'm so sad that that Fantastic Four is not good. <laughs> I know, I it seems it going to be decent. It seems like that would be the perfect next step, like a... A team up, like a team up movie that's not the Avengers could be really cool. And I, the I'm not super I'm not super into the Fantastic Four. Yeah. But it seems like a very cool dynamic to have those characters elevated and do something cool in a movie. And it seemed like the trailers looked awesome. Yeah. And the the people that they had to play those characters. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan. Yeah. That guy is awesome. Since the Wire. And I actually got into Michael B. Jordan because of Parenthood. Parenthood, yeah. I that's where I came. That's where I came in on on Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. What did What did you think of Josh Trank, who was the director of Fantastic Four? What did you think of Chronicle? I liked Chronicle. It was. It was. Uh, it's found footage, so found footage can either be awesome or horrible, and it was. It was okay. Um, I liked the story. I mean, it was a little bit predictable, but I liked the fact that it went a little grittier and darker, like what teenagers would actually do with powers like that. that right. sense to me. And the fact that they did, I think he said that they did that movie for 15 million or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think they were right. And yeah. it opened number one and did $150 million or yeah. something like yeah. that. So, which is how he ended up with fantastic four. Um, not to promote other people's podcasts necessarily, but Josh, uh, Josh Trank did, has a, Three part of what I understand is supposed to be four parts. Be interesting to see if we actually get that fourth part, given all of the the drama that has come out. But he's uh, on Fat Man with on Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith, which yeah. is one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, that was uh, that's so good. Mark Bernardin, 
who yeah. he does the utility belt with. Yeah. I didn't even know that dude was black. I, I did. But and, <laughs> like, because I, I, I just heard him talk at first. Yeah. And then I saw him, and I was like, that is not what I expected that dude to look like, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Like, he, he is so, like, he is very, like, tuned in and, and exactly. on the ball on a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's funny, because he keeps uh, old Kevin Smith on check. Yeah, which is not an easy task. <laughs> did you see, uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, we've talked a lot about him already on this show. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Tusk? Oh, yeah. I went opening weekend. Did it? Was yeah. it? Is it good? It was fucking different. Yeah. I like that. It, it was entertaining and it was different. It, whether you like the script or how the story went or how it looked, that you know, whatever. But to me, if a movie is different and entertaining, it's a good movie, and that was a good movie to me. Yeah. What do you? Are you excited that this is part of his Northwoods trilogy? He's going to do uh, Yoga Hosers coming up, and uh, and then Moose Jaws. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they turn out because they're pretty far out ideas, and he's going through with it. So it is, it is pretty cool. Like, say what you want, and Kevin Smith kind of has a rep of you either like Kevin Smith or you hate Kevin Smith. Yeah. It seems like there's not a lot of people in between, and a lot of media people seem to hate Kevin Smith. And I think I don't really understand why. I find him to be extremely likable. Mm-hmm. He likes to talk about himself a lot. Yeah, but he's a Leo which I am a Leo, so I understand <laughs> liking to talk about yourself, although he's far more talented and, you know, as good at doing things, and I just like to talk about myself for no reason. <laughs> but he he just decided that, he, I mean, Yoga Hosers, he put his daughter in. Yeah. And he put her best friend, who just happens to be Johnny Depp's daughter. Right. And so Johnny Depp is now going to be in these movies. It's yeah. just like... That's pretty cool. Like, you get to make a movie just because you, you want to put your kid in a movie. Like, I don't care what anybody else says. If they had the ability to write a script and put their kid in a movie as a director, tons and tons of directors would do that. Yeah. Well, I think they, a lot of them do. Exactly. So, so to, kids, to, it's usually girlfriends to give him shit for that, I don't care. But, I, I mean, I hope it's I hope it's good. I want... As long as Kev keeps giving me podcasts, that's all I really care about. Yeah, it's super entertaining. Did you see Red State? Oh, yeah. Red State's awesome. I'm a big enough fan. If anything he puts out, I'm pretty much going to go see it. I'm just making sure. No, Red State was great. I I want him to make more stuff like that, like kind of social commentary at the time, and that was good stuff. I love the the behind-the-scenes stories about how where that movie was supposed to go at the end. Yeah, because it was going to be like a $200 million movie if they went the way he wanted. He's like... We've made this million dollar movie, and then we're gonna make a with a two hundred million dollar third act. It sounded badass, like it was, literally it was going to be the the um, revelation. The, the yeah, yeah. So I awesome! I would have been excited for that. Anything that has to do with like over the top biblical rain down, none of that Noah crap like they'd put out. That'd be amazing to watch. We got. Uh, we also are getting Mallrats too. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Like, I said, it seems like Mallrats is one that spoke to me. Seems like everyone signed on. I would imagine Kev. Kev has said that he uh, he has a part for for Affleck in it that they could shoot pretty much any time, anywhere. That would be, you know, fit in. Just they, like they can go to him and shoot it. He doesn't need to come and be on set. He just has a a little thing for him to do. So that would be <laughs> that would be pretty cool if you can get everybody back on. Yeah, I'm really hoping that. That Ben will go on and, and do a, a Fat Man on Batman. Um, I know that his, he said that he is he said to Kevin in an email that that he would at some point. Oh, he would. He did See, I say that. I question how much of friends they really are anymore. 
well, I mean, it seems like they are, they're people that have spent, that were, like, close when they were younger. Yeah. And, like, they're still, like, kind of keeping, like, it's a, yeah. they're not a hanging out sort of thing. But, I mean, the, the house that Kev lives in was Affleck's house that Kev oh, bought from right. him. I so, that. I mean, they've, who yeah. knows? Kevin won them that Oscar, you know, writing that script for him. That's true. That's true. I don't actually believe that, but <laughs> oh, so much good stuff. Real quick, and this is so much comics, and I don't care because I love talking comics, and my yeah. wife is not nearly is it doesn't have the ability quite yet to bounce all of these ideas back and forth yet because she's even fringier than I am. But what I love is that she gets into these movies too. She's stoked for. Uh, Superman versus Batman and yeah. Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which tons I'm more excited of, about that than most of the other books. Tons of little nods to other things in that, yeah. including the Robin suit. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Oh, I, I had to. I was watching it on YouTube and I had went back and like took. Well, I was watching it on my phone, and I went back and I took a picture of it with my phone and then enhanced it because I was like, is that what I think it is? And I was like, oh, yep, that's a Robin suit. And because of the clarity, I couldn't read what was on there mm-hmm. until other news agencies came out with, oh, it's ha, 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 jokes on you, Batman. So that was pretty pretty awesome that they're already establishing the death of Jason Todd and, like, going for it, you know. They don't have to go any further going back, which is another reason why I don't understand why they're going back and talking about the the um, Bruce Wayne's parents dying, you know. I'm hoping I'm back. hoping that there's a reason for it. And that it's it'll be a cool reason. Yeah. What the thing that almost everyone is talking about yeah. is Jared Leto as the Joker. Uh-huh. When you first saw him, well, some pictures came out and people were like, "Oh, that's just uh, inspiration for uh, the Killing Joke and blah 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 blah." Mm-hmm. But it turns out that's basically what he looks like. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? I didn't like all the tattoos at first. Um, thought it looked too hip i guess is the word um uh i like the teeth i thought that looked cool they're kind of not really uh it's not like a grill technically but they're kind of like as if they were falling out and he had them fixed kind of deal i thought that looked neat um i thought it looked cool it's just you know it's just another new thing you got to get used to and eventually it'll probably be neat looking um there's a funny meme of uh comparing jokers to drugs i don't know if you've seen that yeah i think i like there's the uh romero caesar romero joker from the 69 and it says lsd and then uh uh jack nicholson's joker cocaine uh heath ledger's was uh what was it is it heroin heroin yes heroin and then uh and then Leto's was meth. Yeah. And that made sense to me in some weird way. And, and I think that goes along with our current. It, it works. Yeah. I, I think if that's what they were really doing, like, oh, it's based these on drugs. That makes sense to me. For the joke. Yeah, for sure. Now, the thing about the tattoos, and I heard someone else, I think it might have actually been Mark Bernard that said this, was that the Joker is like controlled by chaos and it doesn't seem like he would be the kind of guy that would sit in a chair for four hours and get tattoos. Yeah. I, I, I remember that. And, uh, that makes sense. But at the same time, if you look at the tattoos, they're really shitty. So I could also see him as the crazy kind of person sitting there doing it to himself. Yeah. So like uh, when he's like trapped, like in Arkham or something like that, he's just 
tattooing himself yeah, or something. I mean, you know, you're stuck in a cell all day. I can imagine you can start doing some interesting things. And the same thing with uh, Harley Quinn. She also ha- kind of has that crappy-looking tattoos on her thighs, you know, like she was doing it herself. So, I mean, that makes sense to me in a sense. How crazy is it that we live in a world where Harley Quinn is, is um, actual going to be in an actual movie? Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And the fact that it's a character that started on the animated series, not in the books. That's a pretty, pretty big deal. That doesn't happen too often in, in uh, comic books going to movies. So I like it. I like the look. I think she looks super hot, super amazing. And the girl, the Margot Robbie, I've only seen her. What was she in? She was in. She was uh, in Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I, that's the only thing I know her from. I, not that she stuck out to me or anything. She's like another blonde actress to me, honestly. But when she's got the Harley Quinn outfit, she's something else. It looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. So we have so much nerd amazingness coming up. Lost in the shuffle a little bit is... Uh, how great Star Wars looks. <laughs> yeah. Did you speaking of things that make you emotional, did you get <laughs> did you get a little teared up when uh when um when he, the Millennium Falcon Chewy is there and home. Chewie were home? That, oh, did, yeah, did you I, get I cried. It got you right in your feels? Oh yeah, right oh. in the feels. Yeah. Um uh, and then a little <clears throat> from Chewie, oh. you're just like, Oh man, just goosebumps. So good. Yeah, I uh my wife makes fun of me because whenever we see trailers in the movie theater, I'll start tearing out of one eye, like on certain trailers. So, uh, yeah, the the Star Wars one is a big one. I'm I'm just as much a Star Wars fan as I am a Marvel fan. Um, so yeah, that one that one was pretty pretty awesome. And the fact that we're basically gonna it seems like we're gonna get some sort of new Star Wars movie like every year. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting, and, and the fact that we've got talented people behind it um we kind of talked about this before um with disney money you can get amazing things done as long as they let you do your thing yeah absolutely yeah uh colin trevorrow trevorrow who directed the most recent jurassic park movie yeah or jurassic world is signed on to direct episode is episode nine that he signed on for i think that's right either that or the han solo film no he it was it was episode nine it's whatever, because who's on for eight? Is JJ doing seven JJ, and eight? I don't know. I haven't. I, I've heard back and forth about. I've only heard rumors about who's done, who's doing what. I don't think they're repeating JJ. I don't think they are. They should. So going with JJ, that guy made Star Trek, which I do not like. Star Trek. I'm not a Star Trek fan, but those movies he, ma- the movie he made, made me like Star Trek. Yeah, those those movies are really good. So if he's taking on something that I already like. I, I, I'm either going to hate it or absolutely fall in love with it. So, according to the internet, which can never be wrong, Colin is going to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. Unhappy with Colin Trevor of Jurassic World directing final movie of trilogy. Why would people be unhappy with it? Did they not see fucking Jurassic World, which was awesome? You're always going to find people who are unhappy about everything. Fucking internet. <laughs> Why can't the internet ever be happy? We could go into real deep social. That's because that's it. <laughs> that's the way the world. Works. The internet is just like a beacon. the 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 internet is like, uh, um, oh god damn it! I had it. Now I lost it. The United States. Um, no, come on now. It was a Star Wars correlation. Oh. Um. What's the city in the first Star Wars movie? The where they go into the bar. Tatooine. 
Most Eisley. Most Eisley. Yeah. The internet is like Most Eisley Spaceport. It's the it's a hive of scum and villainy. Yes. And no one is ever fucking happy. <laughs> Except the people on Facebook that lie about how happy they are. Because right. they're, they they're not willing to admit just how terrible things are in their real world. Well, that's, that's funny because at the same time, I'm sick of seeing people on Facebook complain about their life. So, which one do you want? I don't know. Bragging is one to say. thing, but I get, I just I guess I want I want the reality. Yeah. So I guess if your life is terrible, do something about it. Yeah, don't like, whine about it. Maybe maybe not so much. Maybe you don't need to post seventeen times a day how terrible your life is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if you have if you have enough time to post that many times on Facebook about how terrible your life is, you probably have enough time to maybe work on doing something about it. Yeah, I uh, I have uh, no problem uh, deleting people on Facebook when it comes to them constantly whining and bitching. I have a tough time deleting people. I don't have a hard time muting people. Oh, yeah. That, too. It just depends. It's like somebody who I like, but I'm just tired of hearing their BS for this month. Right. Yeah. Another story, but... I try not to do that. I think I'm pretty good on Facebook. I usually only share fun things, usually. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't think I have any complaints about the things that you share. Yeah. But I'm some people are tired of all the nerd news that But I'm I would hearing. but I would lie to you and 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 not tell you the truth because this is real life and I only can say the truth on the internet. Right. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of people who are unhappy on the internet, that's a perfect segue <laughs> into wrestling fans. There you go. Cuz Jesus. <laughs> oh. We both share among among our nerd loves uh, is professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So you, when did you come back into wrestling? Because you were really into it. You you were into it when it got really popular in well, the Monday Night I, Wars, well, right? I was into it from ninety. Not, I can tell you the years because I watched okay. it, like ninety two to ninety or two thousand. I was I was watching it quite often. So you came in. You came in right at the tail end of the first boom period. Yeah, which was. The Hogan Savage run, which was basically like WrestleMania one up through like WrestleMania five. Yeah. And then the wrestling world like went on its ass. Yeah. Um Wow, you were a fan through the really dark time yeah, there in was, the middle. Well, that's I guess that's where I that's where I went away for a while. Well, I guess technically I was a fan during the first boom because in ninety two I was watching videos from then, so I guess technically I was a fan from then. And then slowly came back into the TV back in 96, 97, because I would watch all the old videos, because that's all I had. Got you. So you would go to, like, uh, American Circle Video or American yeah, whatever? Yeah, I lived out in the country, and they didn't have shit for TV or anything. So we'd be like, oh, we'll rent videos. So we go rent pay-per-views that were, like, you know, two, three hours long. And yep. Yeah. American Family Video had yep. the greatest section of professional wrestling videos oh, yeah. of all time. Yep. I would always get excited when we would go to Albany because I would get my mom would let me get a video because she would bring it back like because then you would get them, you could get them for like five days or whatever. <laughs> and so I would always rent something stupid like it would like one that I'd seen before, but I'd always and you know this because, well, I don't want Vince McMahon to hear this, but. We we share a WWE network password. What? And so we can see what each other has watched. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but so WrestleMania four 
is almost always on my most recently watched. Yeah. And that's because I watched it a ton when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. People slam that pay-per-view about how terrible it is. But one, it's like four hours long. Yeah. It's perfect for me to put on and fall asleep to and take a nap in the middle of the day, which is usually <laughs> what I do. So yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's so good because it's bad. Yeah. But I fall asleep. I've fallen asleep to that wrestling show probably more than any other because I will put it on and just go to sleep. Yeah. But that's – I have this Pavlovian reaction now mm-hmm. when I watch wrestling is I've spent so many times putting wrestling on to go to sleep. Now when I want to watch a wrestling show, like I'll put it on. I really want to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Fall yeah. asleep. I do the same thing with uh, Batman the Animated Series. I think it's mainly because of it's dark and right. orchestral music. And when I watched it originally, it was after I got home from school. Yeah. So like whenever I pop those DVDs in, I, I start dozing off a little bit. So I get that same reaction. I have... I got for Christmas uh, two years ago. Is it the Batman the animated series? Like it, they have like a three volume. Yeah, I think there's like six or seven volumes, something like that. Is it six yeah, or I seven? Think so. I have the first three volumes nice. that I got on DVD, and I still haven't watched them yet. And I feel really <laughs> bad because it's always one of those things where it's like, yes, I want to watch that because everyone talks about how great this show is. Mm-hmm. And I just never make myself go in and start watching it. Yeah. And that makes me – I feel bad because I asked for them for Christmas and got them and then haven't <laughs> watched them. Makes me feel like a terrible son-in-law. Eh. It's all right. Yeah. They're, like I said, they put me to sleep, but I love them. Such good stuff. So – and so then you kind of – you watched a lot of that, and then you started getting into it uh, for – and then you were there for the Monday Night Wars, right? Yeah, I, I remember watching. Uh, I, well, I remember the first Nitro when it was in the Mall of America. That was hilarious to me. Um, and then I, I remember I was kind of off and on watching that one because I still didn't quite get Southern wrestling then because it was still kind of Southern. Um, WCW. W W. Um, so, I mean, it was off and on with that one. I, I There was guys that, like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't really know the Steiner brothers at the time or Sting. Um, and it, it was just funny because when I was a little kid, I, I used to just think to myself, oh, well, or, he's an Ultimate Warrior ripoff. And then I learned later on that they were a tag team. Together. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So, it's funny that I even thought that. Um, but then I, I, my main thing is when they started bringing in the luchadors. That, like, I, I think a lot of people say this with WCW versus Raw or, you know, WWE back then is the mid cards on WCW were what you wanted to watch. And then the, you know, prime time event, whatever was what you wanted to watch on WWE. Yeah. WWE almost always had the stronger main event, Yeah, but the mid card in that time, WCW was always yeah. ahead of I mean, when what I was they had going on early nitros, uh, that I missed or I just didn't catch at the time. Like Sabu was in there. Like, yeah, he had a short run. Yeah, and he was he was going through tables then on WCW. That was like kind of unheard of then. Yeah, and they had I want like they brought Public Enemy in for a little while. Yeah, I used to hate those guys. God, they were I terrible. I respect them now, but they were they were pretty terrible. Yeah, I remember you, a specific pay per view when because they were hardcore, right? And uh, I remember the announcer because they were bringing out all this stuff to fight and hit each other with, and the <laughs> the announcer's like. They've brought everything except for the kitchen sink. And then Rocco runs in the back and grabs the kitchen sink. Yes, pretty great. 
as Dusty Rose would call it. They brought out the plunder. The plunder. <laughs> They're plundering. Yeah, it's been sad. It's been a sad six weeks for yeah for wrestling. Yeah, I was. I just happened to be watching a uh, uh, Dusty Rose commentate on a wrestling match when I got the news on him. So that was kind of a little weird. Um, and then when I got the news on Piper, that was I was just like I, I had to look it up on the internet to make sure it was real because that one was a little closer to home in a sense. Yeah, and it's so. It's weird because you expect at some point that, you know, that these guys are, you know, you're going to see guys that are going to pass away. And But if you're a sports fan and you watch baseball and stuff like that, they do not die with the regularity, especially younger, than they do in professional wrestling. Yeah. Like well, even if like the old guys still stick around at least. And you right. still see them on the regular, you know. It's, it seems like... There's been guys that were really popular between the the early 70s and the mid 80s, mm-hmm. and even into the even into the late 80s. All of those guys are dying yeah. very early, yeah. or have already died. And you can go down the list of yeah. Sometimes, yeah. You can go down the list of, of of famous professional wrestlers that died, and if you took a a list of baseball players or football players that would have been contemporaries of that star level or that importance of that have died people there would be outrage and congressional <laughs> hearings and why is this happening we just set up this and memorial i don't understand you know but it's yeah. professional wrestlers so it's not that big a deal and yeah, it sucks. I, I and it's usually got a bad rap. They immediately go with, "Oh, it was all the steroids or this and that," or you know, they just could have died like a normal person. There's, you know, nothing wrong with that. And and somebody that got lost in the shuffle is Buddy Landell died in in between. You know, Dusty yeah, Buddy that. and then I, I wasn't super and then Piper with him, but I knew of him. And then um, he didn't die, but uh, Snuka is like going in for uh, yeah, stomach cancer. I think. Yeah, he had gotten out of the hospital like right before. Like a day or two before Piper had passed away. Yeah. So, so it's just... Yeah, like they say, it happens in threes, you know? Do you have do you have a favorite wrestling moment? Like when I was watching or just Any, in general? Anything. Or, well, my favorite moment is when I met Mick Foley. Right. Uh, I went to his comedy show and got to meet him. Um, my Foley level of fandom is pretty gross. Um I, I there were times when we would have pay per views at my house and all my friends were over, and I would go and get my three faces of Foley figures and I would set them up on the TV. You know, like a crazy like Seahawks fan putting right. little things around. Oh, you know, and even at the time I knew you know predetermined matches, but at the time you know you didn't know what was going to turn out, and that's right. the fun part. It's like oh, Foley's got to win, Foley's got to win, you know. And then when uh, when he was doing the uh, Socko gimmick, he. Uh, I would I, when I knew he was going to do it. I had my own Mister Sacco hiding in my pants. I'd pull it out the same time as he did, like on the TV screen. I wrote a report in school about Mick Foley and the science of hardcore wrestling. Like I was trying, like, well, you got to use lighter fluid instead of gasoline because when you hit lighter fluid, it goes out immediately. With gasoline, it'll catch on you, and then it becomes a big mess. That's so great. Like that's how ridiculous it was. Nikki, I hope that you're listening to this and and that you understand that I am not alone in <laughs> the nerdy ways that I feel about this. 
But I haven't. You have yet to see me pull a sock out of my pants, though. <laughs> I haven't done it in a long time. But when I met him, I had I had my Mister Socko with me. That's so great. And I I got a picture of him getting ready to give me the. Do you do you oh, remember do you remember the moment where he was thrown off the top of the cage? The Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it was King of the Ring. King of the Ring, nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I was a fan of his then. Maybe not as hardcore, but I was still a really big fan of his because I knew about his Cactus Jack background. So I was like, oh man, this guy's amazing. And then I remember when he got thrown off the cage, I jumped out of my couch and screamed no at the TV. And then it, right after that, no, I went, fuck yeah. Like, I was like, that was amazing. Like, that was that's one of those make me cry moments, honestly. I was yeah. just like, that, he would do that to entertain people. That's amazing. And then what people forget is then he went back up on top of the cage and got <laughs> thrown through the top of the cage. And that one was probably worse. Yeah. I that yeah that's that's the one that broke his teeth and his collarbone or yep. popped his shoulder out. Yep. And then uh, I I actually would just watch that. So so for my birthday, my wife got me the uh, one giant leap for mankind T-shirt. And everyone at my birthday party doesn't watch wrestling. And everyone was like, "Huh, I don't I don't really get it." And I'm like, "Well, it's it's a reference to this match." And they just kind of looked at me. I was like, "Screw it." I queued up King of the Ring '98 on the TV and made everyone watch the Hell in a Cell match just so they understood my t-shirt. It's like, everyone gather around. I no <laughs> longer wish to explain what my t-shirt means. Yeah, right. You will watch this and then you will understand and then we can all move on with our lives. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun for me because I love watching people's reaction to that particular match because that's a brutal match even to this day, today's standards. For sure. Uh, I remember my mother-in-law was just like, oh my gosh, I thought it was fake. And I'm like, well, there's only so much that you can, quote unquote, fake. Yeah, but uh, I I had that on tape too. Like I had the faces of fully VHS. Um, I wore that out because I constantly watched that match over and over again. So I even like one year was Mick Foley, like a really dumb version of him. Like I didn't have the hair or anything. I just put on a ratty T-shirt and a tie, and then I rolled up a piece of paper and stuck it up my nose, so it looked like the tooth hanging out of his nose. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you now an interesting thing that I didn't know that I found out in our conversation earlier today is that you've actually never been to a WWF I know. or WWE now I'm show. I'm a phony. I'm a big old phony now. No, I don't think that makes you a phony. I just there was a well, there was a big period. There was a long period of time, especially early when you, when you would have been a big fan. They didn't come to Portland. Yeah, because the steroids. Yeah, because yeah. the, the drug the drug testing. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, there was like a 10 or 12 year period where they didn't run Portland. Yeah. So kind of after you had fallen out would have been when they started coming. And then that's when, you know, you wouldn't, you didn't care if you went or not. Yeah. I just kind of, I, I think I got burnt out a little bit. Plus all my favorite guys were leaving or they went on to other promotions like TNA and I couldn't get into TNA. Really. Um, you know, life started around that time, 18 working, life boo yeah right but yeah in the last like three years i got back into it it's been fun to see these new guys you know starting up so the question is will you make it to a wrestlemania at some point i really hope so (laughs) it's you have to i i will say i've been to one wrestlemania i will probably go to wrestlemania this coming year it really is. It's just a spectacle to be there. Yeah. yeah. To be in a room with 80,000 other people that 
are just as excited to see the same thing that you're seeing. It's yeah. it's it's really cool. Yeah, well, like Comic Con, like all my Star Wars homies are there. Like, exactly. Oh, there's a guy in a stormtrooper. That's amazing. Let's check it out. You know, like same thing. Like if I saw, you know, you know Daniel Bryan or you know somebody like that, it would just be like really cool to see them and just see them speak about whatever they're talking about wrestling. That's why I like that uh, Legends of Wrestling show where they just sit there and talk about For sure. stories. Like just. Just to hear him talk about. I stuff. have met Daniel Bryan actually. Oh, did you? I, when he was Brian Danielson, when he worked for ROH, nice. you hung out. If you went to the ROH shows and you just continually ignored the security people that were in the building telling you that you had to leave, if you waited long enough, the guys would come out and you yeah. could get pictures and just like and autographs, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I met uh, Brian. I met Smojo. Uh, Nigel was he McGinnis. Super nice or was he mean? Joe's cool. I figured he'd be cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, who else am I, have I met? Uh, Homicide. Have uh, you ever met New Jack? No. I've never actually seen New Jack work. No. I, I'm scared to. I would be scared of New Jack. <laughs> New I Jack. just made my buddy watch an interview with him and him talking about that guy he stabbed in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the, the Eric Kulas incident where oh, he like yeah. sliced him open. Yeah, that one too, yeah. It's insane. Uh, let's see. Who else have I met? Shawn Michaels. Yeah. When I was a kid. One of my best. It was one of the greatest birthdays ever. Got, got Air Jordans and tickets to see wrestling, and I met Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than that. Pretty rad. Yeah, I didn't get those opportunities, unfortunately. The ROH shows and stuff are all stuff like I went to when I was, you know, I had to make my way over there myself. Um, let's see. Who else have I? Anybody else? I had the interest. I had the Roderick Strong incident. Yeah, which was which was funny. I almost got into a fight with a pro wrestler. He's a short guy. I made a comment about uh, like the roller coaster. You have to be this tall to ride this ride. <laughs> he didn't think it was very funny, <laughs> but uh, what are you gonna do? A buddy. Do you know the Briscoes? Yeah. Jay and Mark yeah. Briscoe. They uh they enjoy the marijuana. Yes. And uh, my buddy uh from Chicago, he uh. He smokes them out when they come in <laughs> and visit Chicago, so he thinks that's pretty cool. I uh, think I've mentioned this to you before, the Hood Slam guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever get a chance to check any of that? I've seen a little bit of it. So have you seen their – because they do parodies. Right. The uh, the Stoner Brothers. Yeah. It's so funny. The Steiner Brothers, Stoner yep. Brothers, and they come out. So good. And then that the uh, the chick that comes out with them, uh, her name's Shotzi Blackheart. But she goes as Missy Hiya shit. <laughs> uh, but she was on Tough Enough, and she got kicked off on the special. Oh, really? Yeah, before the, before the TV stuff, the special that was on the network. Mm -hmm. uh, she had, like, a heart issue, and they said, you got to check that out before you can get back in here, and they ended up having to leave. But I was following her and stuff on Facebook before that, so it was kind of oh. interesting to see her. That's awesome. Saying she got on Tough Enough, and then, unfortunately, she got kicked out. So we – the the problem is now that you've you've gone and decided to – add a child to your to your life <laughs> yeah. and so wrestling shows will probably have to go on the back burner for a little while but at some point well, oh you mean like going to live ones yeah oh, okay yeah yeah but we need to we need to make it a point that that uh we do wrestlemania yeah i was i, I was almost on board for san diego because we're close to me but life happens Oh, you mean San Francisco? Oh, I thought it was in San Diego. It wasn't the last one. No, nope, it, was, uh, it was San Francisco. San, okay. it was oh, in that's San, right. It was San Francisco. It was Santa Clara where the yeah. 49ers play. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, because the Usos were all 49ered up. Yeah, my buddy really wanted to go because he's a huge Sting fan, okay. and he wanted to That's see right. Sting live. That would have been rad. I would have loved it because it's Sting. That was it the is. The see Sting in a WWE ring live would have been pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like I kind of equate that to the whole Samoa Joe in NXT because he was kind of like the TNA guy. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they're all there in a sense. Well, and and for me, a couple weeks ago on Raw, the three guys in the the first segment are all former ROH champion Cesaro, Kevin oh, Owen, yeah. and and Seth Rollins are there like in the like in the first segment promo. I was like, oh my god, these are all ROH guys. Yeah. This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Such nerds, <laughs> can't even help it. It's it's uh it's too much fun. Never too much fun. It's too much fun. <laughs> well, sir, we'll let you get out of here. We've been yentering it up for a yeah. while now. Thank you for uh, coming and hanging out for my birthday party, which we'll talk about with Nikki here in a, in uh, in an upcoming episode. She can talk about all my inappropriate jokes I made. Dude, she lives with me. She's not. <laughs> nothing is inappropriate. I like how she got comfortable enough that she just ripped ass right in front of all you guys. So that was a that's true. That's when you know that you've reached the a comfort level of some that's true. Of, of some. Uh, I lost my word. Right. Comfort level of some something. <laughs> oh man, I I don't like that I brought the heat with me here though. Yeah, I was not prepared for a hundred degrees when I was visiting. Yeah, it it's uh it, it it was here two weeks ago and then it left and then it came back. Bastards. Yeah. Hey, at least it wasn't a hundred degrees for my outdoor concert that I went to last weekend. That's true. You probably wouldn't be here. Probably not. I might I might have melted. I made it through one of those once. I don't know that I can make it through a second time. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you for all the nerd talk. Now I'm gonna tell you this. Uh-huh. We're gonna do this again, but uh-huh. you're not. It's not gonna be live. You're gonna have to get on the phone. I'll call you. We'll do the Skype in show and we'll talk more nerd stuff because right. it's too much fun to wait until like three years from now when I come back to Oregon <laughs> to visit again to do this. So thank you for doing the show. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you for having I me. I told you we would find other things to talk about. Yeah. All I need to do is get you talking about comics and you went on for 45 minutes and we're good to go. It's so pretty easy with me. It's a glorious thing. All right. We're out of here. I'm Dustin Jones. You're listening to Just Another White Guys podcast. Always protect the fireball. It's just me against the world.